Welcome back to Plastic Surgery Decoded, the podcast where we demystify plastic surgery and unpack it into relatable concepts. I'm your host, Dr. Regina Newhan. To recap, in Season 1, we explored many cosmetic procedures, injectables, and skincare. Then in Season 2, we discussed reconstructive plastic surgery, including a few episodes on hand surgery. Now, if you're interested in hearing about any of those topics, please scroll back through the past episodes to find what intrigues you. And now, in Season 3, we are tackling general questions that people have about plastic surgery. So today, we're talking about plastic surgery pictures. So many people are curious about this. Yes, this episode will discuss why pictures are taken, what is done with them, whether they're protected, and we'll have some tips on how to interpret before and afters a little more carefully. Remember that this podcast reflects my experience and my opinion. It is not intended to give formal medical advice, but instead you can use it to gain insight, even if you're just curious. So settle in for a listen and enjoy. Patient photographs. Every plastic surgeon takes them. Ugh, do they have to? I mean, part of the reason a person might go in for a cosmetic consultation is they don't like the way that area of the face or body looks. And now someone is going to take a picture of it? Well, precisely because the field of plastic surgery is such a visual one, photo documentation of outcome in the form of before and after is crucial to have as part of the medical record. In most cases, an external and visible change is occurring rather than, say, the internal removal of a gallbladder by a general surgeon. But the value or benefit of photos goes beyond the medical record. If, say, the physician is trying to demonstrate medical necessity for a procedure, pictures of that problematic body part are usually required by the insurance company. An example would be trying to get insurance pre-approval of a breast reduction done for back and neck pain. Also, many plastic surgeons use pictures for portfolios. Such pictures can be of great assistance to a patient considering surgery. Most potential patients, especially cosmetic or aesthetic surgery candidates, really want to see them. But of course, having pictures in the record does not mean that they will be intentionally shown to others without the patient's permission. To the contrary, plastic surgeons typically go to great lengths to keep safe these digital pictures as they would for any HIPAA-protected patient information. Yes, there have been a few reported mishaps in the past, but actually this is quite rare. Rest assured, if the surgeon wants to use certain photos as part of a portfolio to show other patients, they typically will obtain patient consent first. Now, while portfolio photos can be very helpful for prospective patients, in no way can they guarantee an outcome. What they do is help someone visualize possibilities, again mostly in cosmetic surgery situations, but also reconstructive, such as with a breast reconstruction after mastectomy for cancer. In addition to assisting potential patients in decision-making, photos can also help the existing patients see how much improvement they've achieved. Yes, they can track progress of treatment results, especially if ongoing stages or periodic maintenance treatments are needed. You know, when a patient is looking in the mirror each day to evaluate their results, it's hard to remember exactly what things looked like even a few weeks earlier. So much has occurred between the two points in time. Imagine then trying to recall exact appearance details after a few months or a year or two. And I can tell you many times I've had patients who reviewed their preoperative photos from a year earlier and not be able to recall even looking like that. 
For best comparison of before treatment and after treatment appearance, photos must be as standardized as possible. This is particularly true because it may not be the same person taking photos each time. It could be the physician on one visit and a designated staff member the next. I'm sure you can imagine it's hard to compare before and after photos if things like cropping and angles are different, a bit like apples and oranges. Standardization includes consistent positioning, lighting, cropping, and scale, and ideally consistent background. Let's start with positioning. This refers to the angle or point of view in the photo. Usually photos from multiple angles or viewpoints are taken of the body part, so we can really get more of a three-dimensional sense of the area rather than a flat two-dimensional concept. Also, some defects or problem areas may be visible in one view, such as on a lateral view, which means from the side, but not in the anterior shot, meaning from the front. Next is lighting. Lighting is important to keep consistent as well. It refers to both the location of the light source being cast on the patient and the intensity or quality of the light. These things will control the shadows that may be seen. So you may even notice that some surgeons have a special room with special lighting to take patient photos. Generally, we try to avoid shadows if possible in order to really be able to see and carefully evaluate the region in question. Therefore, more than one light source may be used to help with this. Or perhaps an overhead light will be avoided unless the same level light source can also be used. However, sometimes shadows can be instrumental in highlighting flaws and therefore can actually be used to showcase the problem areas that are trying to be corrected or improved. So the photographer will have to assess this on a case-by-case -case basis. Now we move on to cropping. The photographer must make sure to pay attention to anatomy landmarks and routinely crop certain things in or out of the final picture in order to try to achieve some consistency in photos of the same body part. There are actually photographic standards which have been published for all plastic surgeons to use as guidelines. An example of a standard cropping might be to include the base of the neck but not the head or face in pictures for a breast augmentation. This may vary from surgeon's office to surgeon's office, but usually within a single surgeon's office, there will be a designated standard. And here I'll say a word about clothing. Generally, we need to have the body part of concern be unclothed to accurately evaluate its appearance and contour. But that doesn't mean we can't respect modesty. Unless they are important for perspective or they impact future outcome, we will try to crop out any what I'll call sensitive parts or cover them, such as with photo panties. But care has to be taken not to be so zealous in covering some areas that the important regions that need to be visible are now partially obscured. Along these same lines, when feasible, any patient identifying markings or features are usually cropped out of the shot unless it's unavoidable. Next is scale. This feature has to do with proportion and reference areas. It's closely related to cropping, but for purposes of scale, a photo of the body part must also include some adjacent areas that are important for relative proportion. An example would be including the full length of the chest and arms in a breast photo to give reference and see whether the breasts seem proportional or not. As for background, the standard is most often a neutral medium blue background color behind the patient to minimize distraction and highlight the human skin as best as possible regardless of skin tone. It puts more focus on the body part in question. So many plastic surgeons have a screen or a wall board in this particular shade specifically designed for pictures. 
Now that you are aware of these components of photo standardization, a word of caution. Beware of before and after photo advertisements of treatments where the lighting or other settings are different, or there's a different angle, or even the zoom is different. These subtle discrepancies can have the artificial effect of suggested improvement, when the amount of change is actually much less than it seems. An example would be an indention in the contour of a thigh that is seen in the before picture because there is a shadow, but the thigh in the after picture is flooded with light, so you can't really tell if the defect is still there or not. Now most places are very scrupulous, but you may want to interpret pictures with a grain of salt if the result appears too good to be true. If a face, for example, is flooded with light in the after picture but not in the before, it may make you wonder. And even with consistent lighting and position, I myself have occasionally said, hmm, I don't see much difference. Take this to heart as you peruse commercially available befores and afters, from ads or medical device companies for what have you, you may not be far off if you can't tell much difference between some of the pics. Beyond standard photo taking, there are some pretty cool imaging technologies out there. But do be mindful that computer morphing and 3D predictive software should only be used as a tool. These are not meant to imply an exact outcome that can be expected. Human tissues are not as predictable as a computer. Remembering this may save some disappointment later on. Special technologies can be helpful in skincare as well. An example that comes to mind is the Visia, V-I-S-I-A, which can identify sun and age damage of the skin lurking underneath the surface by using special filters. It's amazing sometimes what you'll find. The final thing to know about pictures? The timing of post-operative pictures is important. If they're taken too soon after surgery, these early results may be artificially enhanced by things such as swelling as compared to later down the road. There's nothing wrong with photos taken during this honeymoon phase, but more accurate final results will usually be seen after three to six months or more for most procedures. Yet many times the frustration for surgeons is that unfortunately it may be difficult to get a good set of post-operative photos. The reason is sometimes it's a challenge to get patients to come back in for long-term photos. They may feel like they're doing great. Why do they need to come back? So hey, if your physician is asking you to come in months later for some follow-up photos, give them a break. Pop back in there and let them see how you're doing. You'll make their day. Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it and learned something, too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Please share this podcast with someone else who might be interested. And while you're at it, check out the podcast website for related topics to explore. It's www.plasticsurgerydecoded.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Plastic Surgery Decoded.